0: Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. Well, let's go to Acts 16, everybody. We're going to get in Acts 16 and to uh, look at some stuff there that I believe will help us uh, and encourage us to enter into the warfare and uh, to not run away from the battle to not be afraid of the battle, to not be ignorant about the battle that's all around us. You know, if you're ignorant about the battle, you'll lose. If you don't engage in warfare, you'll lose. So we have to know what we're doing. We, ne- we need to get involved and we-, we need to learn how to fight and win. And that's what we've been talking about. And uh, we've been looking at various scriptures. I think we started out with, it seems like we started out with Job. Maybe months ago, when we were looking at how the 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 devil that, that Satan stirred up people against him, they didn't even know what they were doing. They didn't even realize that um, they were being used as Satan. They weren't out there worshiping Satan, but they had evil motives and whatnot. and then he directed them toward job uh, at a particular point in time, and we 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 started out looking at that. And seeing how the, the Satan works, how he inspires people, and we've been we've been looking at some of these things, and we've been and then we we've, we've gone recently into the place where we're looking at Paul's life, and we're seeing what happens once a man is called of God, because you see, we are Satan hates mankind; he hates even more for us to connect with purpose in life. And that's multidimensional. It's not only preaching the gospel, but I want to say that the the gospel message in the kingdom of God is central to everything that God wants to do in the earth. You see, but there's a variety of the way that's of, of how that's going to be expressed. But we all need to fulfill our parts. We all need to be filled with God. We all need to be walking with God. We all need to be understanding spiritual dynamics and what's going on. And we have, to, we have to walk out our lives in that knowledge and make a decision we're going to live in victory. Now, if you're just going to go and go the, you know, the easy route, you're going to miss God. If you're just going to think, oh, I'm not going to fight. Or when you get hit, always go, well, that doesn't work. I'll try something else. That's not always the right response. Sometimes you need to get back up and go at it again because you know you're doing the right thing. And if the Word of God is in alignment with that, you need to make sure you are going to go forward with God and that you are not going to give up and that you're not going to be discouraged and you're not going to be weighed down. You're going to live in the victory, all right? Some people think that if they make the right decision, if I just make the right decision, victory is going to be there. No. You have to learn how to fight for it. And and that's one thing people don't understand. A lot of people don't want that. They want a a faith where they just get saved and God's going to fix all their problems. Well, praise God. He cleanses you. You have peace with God. But you remember that story in the Old Testament where God brings his people out of Egypt and then he takes his people to um, Israel. And before they go into the promised land, he goes, Now you're going to have to fight. And they're like, we can't believe this. Why'd you make us come out here to fight? It should be easier than this. You shouldn't bring us to a place like this. And a lot of Christians are like that. But they don't realize God wants to make them into a warrior. God wants to change your life. And he is going to make you amazing if you don't give up. And if you'll just trust God, you might feel Inadequate. You might feel like, I don't know how I'm going to go forward. How am I going to win with all these spiritual things going on? Don't say that. That's what Israel said in the Old Testament, right? And because they doubted God, they were looking at themselves, I'm so small. You know, you can look at yourself and say, Oh, I don't doubt God, but I just, it's me. It's me. Let me tell you something. That's doubting God because God's like, I'm bigger than you. You remember how many times? God told people when they're going forward, he says, don't look at you. Remember this. I'm going to be with you. He tells Gideon, Gideon's out there, you know, he's in the most defeated situation. And God shows up and he says, Gideon, I'm going to use you in a mighty way. And that is the word of God that's coming to people in this hour. I'm going to use you in a mighty way. Stand up, rise up. And Gideon goes, but I'm too small. I don't know how to do this kind of thing. I've never done something like this before. You don't understand, God, who I, who I really am. I mean, he knows God knows who he is, right? He's expressing his self-doubts. But what does God do? God says, I will be with you. He takes the focus off of Gideon, off of his smallness, off of what he doesn't know, off of what he doesn't understand, because Gideon can't figure this out. He's never done this kind of thing before. He's never been a victorious warrior before. He's hiding. He looks like the wimp in town, right? He's hiding from the enemy, hoping they're not going to see him. And God says, I'm going to raise you up, and I'm going to use you. And let me just tell you, that is who you are. In the Word of God, we understand that. You are more than an overcomer. If God is with us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter how big they are. What matters is will you believe God? And guess what's going to happen? You get trained, not when you're sitting out waiting for you to be transformed. You get changed, transformed, and prepared when you say, Okay, God, I'm going forward. Sometimes you get hit. Sometimes it looks like you get knocked down. God's not going, oh, I can't believe you got knocked down. God's like, okay, get back up. It's just like a father teaching his child how to ride a bicycle. You know, he might fall down, might scrape his knee. I learned something when, when um, you know, I had children. If one of them, if you scrape their knee and you go, oh, look at that knee, they're going to just cry and focus on that knee. You know, if they fall down and say, man, that was a great try. That was amazing what you just did. You know, they don't even think about that cut, right? You know, we look at our wounds too much, and God's like, hey, you're doing great. Just keep getting up. Just keep going forward. It's amazing. Don't start focusing on the little pains you're getting along the way. This is going to be a great ride. And the more you get on that bicycle of faith, the more you're going to learn, the further you're going to go, the faster you're going to go, and you're going to start teaching other people. And you're going to say, man, this is just so easy. I don't know if y'all remember when you learned how to ride a bike, but, but, you know, from the outside, you might go, how do you do that? And then maybe the first time you got on, you fell over, right? But then after you, after you started doing it, didn't you go, this is the most easy thing ever? Isn't it the same thing with swimming before swimming? You're like, oh no, don't throw me in that water. Don't you throw me in that water. You know, I don't know what might happen. But once you learn how to swim, it's the easiest thing ever. Right? And one thing I I like that's such a great illustration. You know, you get trained in the shallow water, some usually. But what you learn in the shallow water, you can learn, you can use that in 50 feet of water. Do y'all see what I'm saying? And you see, the little battles that you have in life that you overcome, they may seem small. You see, don't think that your little battles aren't important. The faith you use in those little battles, it's the same kind of faith you use in the big battles. You see, God trains you. That's why it's so important to be faithful in the small You see, God's always impressed with people that are faithful in the small. And I just want to encourage you in whatever battle you're going through, whatever you're facing in front of you, I want to encourage you to make a decision. You're not just going to endure it. You're going to rise over it. You're going to use your faith. If there are demonic things in there, you're going to address them. You're going to get them out of the way. You're going to learn how to walk in victory because God is preparing you not just for what you're in now. He's got something bigger in mind, and he's like, be faithful with the small where you are now. Learn how to walk in the victory where you are now, and watch what's coming your way, right? Every victory that you have now is nothing but a preparation for a bigger victory you're getting ready to go into. Amen. Nothing should defeat you. Nothing should overcome you. It might be temporary. You might get knocked down, but nothing should ever make you stay down. Because God says, I'll pick you up. I'll raise you up. I'll strengthen you. I'll be with you through the fire. I'll be with you in the high waters. And I'm going to deliver you. Now, when he says, I'm going to deliver you, what does that mean? That means something's happened where you need help. That's just life. But God's promised, I will help you if you cry out to me. Praise God. Man, is that not powerful? Cry out to God. Trust God. And beyond that, we've got to start learning how to use our faith. Praise God. We've been looking at the life of Paul and seeing how Paul's doing this. And I keep trying to get further down the road in chapter 16 of Acts. But anyway, we've been there. Paul got sent to Macedonia, and so he's on his way. Now, God says, you know, and and again, I love this. I'm going to reiterate this. He has a dream. And so they've been figuring out, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing? They're asking. And Paul gets a dream. And in that dream, somebody's going, come over here and help us in Macedonia. So then he's talking about it with Silas, and he's like, Guess what? I had this dream, and you know what? I think God must be telling us to go to Macedonia. You see, he didn't just boom take it. You, you can't take every little thing you get as a dream, right? But guess what? What'd he do? He thought through it, he considered it, and he goes, you know what? God's giving me direction right here. It's real clear. We've been seeking God. Where to go, where to go, where to go, where to go? And boom. I had this dream. Let's go to Macedonia. Yes, I believe it's the Lord. It just amazes me that God spoke that way to Paul. You'd think an angel would have said, I want you to go to Macedonia, says the Lord. No, He has a dream. He's got to figure it out. And that's the way it is with us many times. You know, um, we get little signs. We get little, you know, and we have to pray through things. I was telling somebody the other day, I had this most strange occurrence in my neighborhood. And I go, man, is that, is God trying to get my attention? That was so unusual. But anyway, we just have to pay attention because God's always wanting to speak to us and give us direction. So he gets his direction. God's telling him go to Macedonia. Now, when you get an assignment, guess what? You get an authority to fulfill that assignment, but you might not feel any different. And you you don't know how long it's going to take to fulfill that assignment. You don't may, maybe you don't know God's path of what it's going to take of the of the trials that are in front of you. But all you know is I've got to go that way. I've got something to do there in Macedonia, so to speak. So we see this and we look in Acts chapter 16. And if you go to verse 16, it says this. Now, he's already, he's already gone to uh, Macedonia, all right? And so he's there. There's a the family that gets saved. Man, it looks like things are happening and, you know, great things are happening and then it says this right after that. He's just, he's just been there just a little while. As we went to prayer in verse 16, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Okay, she has what? A spirit in her of divination. Okay, so uh, what does that mean? I mean, you see what I'm saying? You know, think, what's exactly, what is that spirit doing? Okay, that spirit is giving her. Information. Is that right? I mean, you, y'all understand that? The spirits get that evil demon spirit is giving her information. And she brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Okay. And then it says, uh, The girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, as I shared before a few weeks ago, this demonic force is actually in opposition to the move of God. It's, it's throwing a wrench in the works. Go back and listen to that message. I, I mean, there's something great in, in that understanding here. It's, you see, everybody who might look like they're representing God, which it looks like she's saying something all right, um, but it's the, wrong, it's the wrong spirit. There's something wrong in this, right? And so... Um, this is actually opposing the work of God, right? And um, now, get a picture of this. God has called him to Macedonia. He is in the will of God, and when he's in the will of God, it's not a cakewalk. Already, he's getting some opposition. All right? It's a certain level. But what is it doing? It's really throwing a wrench in the works of God, stopping the move of God. And again, I've explained how that happened, but it, it's, it's just a little something. He's just throwing his stuff in there. I heard somebody one day say the most difficult people to um, deal with in church are those that have a mixture. They got God in them and they got some demonic stuff working in them they had, you know, that needs to get pulled out. And it says that's the most difficult because some, it can confuse so many people. You see, but we need to have discernment about that. And of course, Paul recognized this woman has a spirit of divination in her. That's not the Holy Spirit talking in her. In fact, there's something really, really off with what she's doing. Anyway, again, I don't want to get into that anymore. Take too long to explain that concept. So uh, what's Paul going to do? Let me just say the enemy is definitely, you don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to question it. The enemy is going to oppose you when you go forward in the call of God on your life in one way or the other. You know, I don't like things like that, but Jesus was very open about stuff like that. He said, in this world, you're going to face many tribulations, right? You'll have much tribulation. Now today, if somebody said something like that in certain circles, they say, oh, I bind that right now. You know, da-da. No, Jesus is just saying, that's the way things are. And then he says, I am telling you right now, rejoice in those trials because I have overcome. So we have to acknowledge there's going to be trials out there, but we have to go beyond that and go to the place of rejoicing because in him we're going to overcome every single thing that gets thrown at us. If we don't give up, if we go deep in God, if we get into the word of God, if we learn how to pray and use our faith, you might go, oh, that's just too complicated. Man, that is the most crazy thing. We have the most lazy Christian world in this in America. We just want to go to church on Sunday, get some kind of little nice message, make us feel good and smile. Oh, man, that was funny. Oh, man, that made me feel so There's nothing wrong with feeling good, right, and having happy messages. But I'm just saying somewhere along the way, I had my mic fall here. Somewhere along the way, you're going to have to learn how to fight. Oh, but I don't want to learn how to fight. Well, you lazy Christian, you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be lazy? You're, You're not going to do well. You know that there's a verse, I mean, we talk about feeding the poor, and we should, shouldn't we? But did you know there's a verse that's like, if a man won't work, don't even let him eat. Why? because that's so lazy and evil and downright not right, isn't that right? You're just feeding that and God's like, "You're not a, you're, you mean you're saying you don't want to get into the word? What? That's what you're made for. You don't want to pray? What? That's the most ridiculous crazy thing ever. Any Christian ought to be in the word of God, it's your life. Any man of God, woman of God should be in prayer that's your communion with God maybe you haven't learned how to connect you don't enjoy it yet maybe you had not gotten there but let me tell you something if you want to win in life you're going to have to learn how to do the spiritual things have the spiritual discipline in your life you're going to have to learn how to get the word of God in you you're going to have to learn how to pray you're going to have to learn how to use your faith and you've got to learn to quit being lazy as a Christian if you want to overcome during the week let me tell you something. God says, I will prepare you. I will train you. I will make you an amazing faith machine. But you've got to put in the effort. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to go get discipled if you're new in the Lord. You've got to spend time and say, hey, shh, help me know how to do this thing. You've got to take steps forward. How many people, they'll even get saved, and then the first thing you know, they'll just be sitting it out. Oh, I did that. I prayed the prayer. So what? God says he wants you to walk the walk. Amen? He says, I am the gate. And then he goes, and I am the way. Right? Most people go through a gate, they think, and then they think, that's it. No, no, no. You have to walk on the path. Amen? And that is a path of amazing discipline. Now, I played sports a little bit, you know. Uh, I enjoyed playing football, and so I would get into it. And so I didn't mind training. I, you know, I hated track. I couldn't stand track, but I ran track just because I wanted to be in better shape to play football when football season was around. You know, so I, um, you know, I would sacrifice, and um, I would, I would get up. I'd do whatever I had to do. I mean, I would lift weights. I, I. You you might be hard to believe I did all of that, but I did. I mean, are you serious? Yeah, I mean, I could bench like 300. I don't know if that's a big deal, actually, but it was in the little tiny high school I was in. And, um, you know, so uh, anyway, um, you know, I I did that because I wanted to win. I wanted to do well. I wanted to be strong. I wanted to overcome. And Paul says, you know, bodily discipline and exercise is of benefit, but it says it's of, it's of little benefit. Spiritual discipline is of immense benefit. I wish y'all get that. I know some of you here are, are you know, you're familiar with the fitness stuff, right? So think about that. You, you, if you talk to somebody about being in shape, how hey, you need to be consistent, you need to eat right, you, you know, um, well, sometimes we, we're not motivated to do it and we give up on it. And sadly, too many Christians are like that. But I'll just say this. If you would begin to get the motivation of I can know God in an amazing way, I'll begin to hear God. My ears will be more opened. I, but If I spend time looking, looking into the Word of God, praying and seeking Him, I'm going to begin to see more. Are y'all with me? Do you want that? Do you want an encounter with God? Do you want a greater depth with God than what you've got now? Do you want to understand how to use your faith? God, how many times does Jesus say to the people that were following Him, according to your faith, be it unto you? According to your faith. Did you know you can build up your faith through prayer and through praying in the Holy Spirit as well and through the Word of God and through speaking the Word of God? God told Joshua this. He said, oh, I'm going to be with you everywhere you go. You are not going to lose. But be strong. Be courageous. Get the Word of God in you. Speak it with your mouth. And you see what I'm saying? He's like, now, now I'm telling you you're going to win, but these things are expected. You can't be fearful and run away and expect to win. Are y'all with me? So look how many promises are in the Word of God about us winning. But you're not going to win if you don't fight, if you don't pray, if you don't trust, if you don't use your faith. I wish I could I wish this whole church in America would just be shaken and people would wake up to this fact. We are too comfortable just having the victories that we can get with a little bit of God and a lot of bit of our own effort. And God says, I've got something a lot bigger than that for you. I'll go much beyond your little bit of effort or your big effort with your little faith. I'd rather have big faith and little natural effort. I'd rather have my effort going toward prayer, faith, standing in the word. And yes, you still have to do stuff, but I'd rather have God be with me when I do it and see, uh, see the amazing multiplication that happens. Amen. So anyway, didn't we get, didn't we look at this? So he's being opposed, right? And then we get into Acts chapter 16, 18. And she did this many days. Man, that just must have been an interesting scenario. So here's Paul preaching. Every time he goes out the door, they're probably like, hey, let's go this back street. Maybe she won't see us this morning. And there she is. You know, and he's, oh, there's that that demon woman again. You know, many days. Paul and Silas are probably going, Can you believe that? There she is again. And he starts preaching and she's over on the side. Yes, you know, and he's going, man, people aren't even hardly paying attention. She's, I mean, she's just messing up everything. So anyway, he's greatly annoyed. He's greatly annoyed. I love that. I love that. You know, you know what's been happening? God has been waiting on Paul to get. Greatly annoyed at what was going on in his life. And then it says, he got greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit that was in the woman, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now, I don't know exactly how it happened. I've seen demons come out of people and it's a wonderful thing. I've had demons come out of me before. Yes, I'll tell you more about that one day. But it's a wonderful thing. It wasn't a demon like this. This is an interesting situation here. But he cast the demon out and it says within the hour that devil was out of her. I don't know why it took so long to come out. Maybe it eked out. I don't know. But the demon came out. Now I want you just to I want you to look at this lesson here. Okay, there's a lesson in this. First of all, think about this. God sees an evil spirit there, doesn't he? And he realizes that evil spirit's throwing a wrench in the ministry of Paul and the assignment of God, right? God does not intervene and remove that spirit. Do y'all see that? How many times we just go about in life, we go about whatever in life, and we think whatever thing we're going through, whatever situation, maybe God will just remove it. God doesn't remove it. Was it God's will to be there? No. Can y'all see that? It was not God's will to be there. But God himself did not remove it. Are y'all with me? Secondly... God didn't even tell Paul, he could have, I guess, he didn't tell Paul, go cast that demon out. Why did Paul cast the demon out? (laughs) This doesn't sound very spiritual, but I actually think it is. Paul got fed up with that annoying demon spirit, messing with his life, messing with his ministry, Messing with his assignment every day. He had enough. <laughs> Look at that. Paul, greatly annoyed. The, the, he's given you a picture of what's in this man's heart and mind. So he's gotten up to here with it. And you might go, oh, that's of his flesh. He needs to co-. No, you know what? He, that's, the, in this situation, it's something godly. He's fed up with it and he turns in that fed up with it and he speaks out of that. I'm fed up with it attitude in the Holy ghost. And it just comes out of him so strong. I've had enough in Jesus name. Get out of that woman. I want to just tell you something. You see, um, the devil, if he's messing with you, he might have been messing with you five years. He might be in a part of your life 10 years, your 20 years. He will stay there as long as you put up with him. And sometimes God's waiting for you to just get to the point where it's like, I have had enough. I've had enough. And you've got to have that seriousness about it when you speak that. So um, now I was thinking about this, you know, just wondering how is it that all this happens, you know, Um, and, and we're going to get into that in a minute, but I want, I want to mention this to you. Why was Paul able to do that? Why was Paul able to do that? I mean, think about it. Did not, Jesus say, I have given you authority. Didn't he say that? Over all the works of the devil. I have given you authority. Actually, he says, I've given you power, authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Now, do you think he's talking about serpents and the animals, the bugs, the insects, whatever? I don't think so. He's talking about, he's putting a natural picture over something that's in the spirit. That is a picture in the natural of something that exists in the spiritual realm. Scorpions, serpents, think about that. And he says, I've given you authority over the tread on those things, crush them. And he says, don't be afraid. And he says, and I'll give you authority over all the works. Now, this is, this is interesting because you wonder, how, how does he do this, right? Um, how, and, and one of the things we used to ask, I remember years ago, is how can you cast demons out? Um, so we were doing spiritual warfare all the time. This is like 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I mean, people are praying hard, intensely. I mean, you'd see you'd see spirit, these kind of spiritual things happen regularly, and uh, then they then they were wondering how far can we go? Can we start just casting demons out out of everywhere? You know, can we cast de- can, can you, <laughs> you know? And I, when I read this story right here, <clears throat> I begin to wonder how is it that God even let him cast this spirit out of this girl? You know, how is it that it happened? Um, so, because you begin to wonder where do we have authority he said over all the demons and the scorpions and that, but where does it end where does it, you know why not just cast every demon out of uh, out of Houston man that would be amazing could you could, i mean could you imagine walking to a city that had no demon in it i mean so so we could say we're going to have a prayer meeting one we're going to start we probably have to we're going to be doing this for a few years but one by one we're going to get all these demons out of Houston I don't, it doesn't work that way as far as i understand <clears throat> But let me share something with you here about, about this, why I think this is such an unusual thing. This girl was not saved, and the demon came out of her. Okay? Um, this girl does not seem to even want to have the demon cast out of her. Do y'all know that? Because it's gonna go back in just a minute, and it's gonna say how, um, you know, it says her master saw their prophet, the hope of prophet was gone. How did they see that? Because she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't do it anymore. So, so they realized, you know what? We're not going to make money on this anymore. In other words, she can't do what she was doing anymore. By the way, does that not reveal to you something? This is not psychic power. Are y'all with me? See, people today, they make you feel like some people have psychic power, psychic power. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, that somehow with their mind, they can connect. And you know what? It's demons on the inside of them talking to them. Maybe they're more open to that. Maybe they have a, some kind of wiring where they're more open to that spiritual world and they connect and they've yielded to it. But it is demonic. All right. Anyway, this girl had that. The thing goes out of her. her she's psychic. She's not psychic anymore. If the demon went out of her. Are y'all with me? So, Paul's on assignment. He's in the territory God's called him to be in. He's opposed by a demon. And he has authority over it. You know why I believe he had authority over that? Because he, it wasn't that he was trying to set the woman free. That's another crazy thing. Do you realize he did not cast that? This is the, again... I'm not saying we shouldn't cast demons out of people to get them free. He did that all the time. He didn't do it to get her free. He did it to get the demon out of the way. Do y'all see that? Guess what? You see what's happened here? Paul's going in his assignment. Something gets in his way. He's not sure what to do about it. He gets so annoyed, it just comes out of him. He casts the demon out of that girl. The reason why he had authority over that demon wasn't because the girl wanted to get set free. She didn't get saved. It's because the demon was in the territory God had assigned to Paul. He stood up against it and he was able to cast it out. Do y'all see that? You see, you have a special power and authority over what God has given to you and put in your responsibility And you need to begin to recognize, I'm going to go forward. I'm not going to just throw up my hands and say, I'm just irritated. I've got to recognize that I have a level of authority. I can walk in where I'm called to be, and I can get these things out of my way. Praise God. And sometimes, yes, you don't know what to do when you first get started, but you've got to be like Paul, and you've got to go, I'm not giving up. God has told me, this is mine. I'm not going to live in defeat. I'm not going to slow down. I'm not just going to rest until the woman passes by. I'm just going to keep on pressing in until I get this victory. And I'm going to learn how to do it. Paul didn't do it at first. He's probably perplexed. What do I do about this thing? Again, I think he just got so irritated, it, it blurted out of him one day. And it just this faith rose up. He just put it out and boom. He probably goes, hey, why didn't we do that before? I don't know. I didn't think about it. I didn't even know I could have cast the demon out of her. And I got so upset that day. It just happened. You see, if you start walking with God, God will show you how to get rid of the problems all around you. If you just don't give up. Amen. And I want to just mention this about spiritual things. This woman was not a fake do y'all see that? I just want to say this because in America, you know, um, we've had so many traditions for so long, we've erased all of the spiritual things in the Bible because we don't, we don't like to believe in them. They make us uncomfortable, right? And so there's spiritual good and there's spiritual bad. All right. But let me just mention this. First of all, um, demons can do spiritual things through people. Can y'all see that? Demons can do spiritual things. They can be things that look like um, works of power. Um, they can look like works of intelligence, right? Um, some people, you know, this is a crazy thing to me. Some people go to a, a magician's show, right? And so um, now I know there's some people, they're illusionist, and they're pretty brilliant in how they can do things. And there's other ones, they call themselves magicians, and they'll actually say, I'm doing this power. And it's amazing to me. Even people that understand the Bible, they think there has to be a rational explanation for every single thing they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And I can tell you something. Some of these people are dedicated to demonic things, and this is demonic stuff they're doing, and they're getting attention from other people. Amen? Y'all look at me, I'm like, are they processing this? I hope so. They got a question on their face like, okay, um... But anyway, um, this is so in history. And I just want to mention this because this spiritual world is all around us. So uh, one of the, the main ones that I bring to attention, usually when I'm talking about this, is like y'all remember with Moses? Guess what happens with Moses? Um, he goes and his, he's there with Pharaoh. And um, his rod, excuse me, first of all, Pharaoh has two what? By his side. Magicians. Oh, they weren't real. You know, You know they just play. No, they are magicians. Okay, what'd they do? They made their staffs turn into snakes. Who did that? Demons did that. Are y'all with me? Now, if something like that happened today and somebody told you about it, you wouldn't even believe them, would you? Because we don't even believe spiritual stuff like that can happen anymore. The two sticks turned into two snakes. Are y'all with me? And the devil did it. But guess what God did? He had Moses' rod. What does the rod represent? Authority. And Moses' rod, guess what it did? Turned into a snake. And that snake ate the other two snakes. Let me tell you something. That just shows me something. Whenever the enemy does something, we're not just supposed to go, oh, that's demonic, and run off. God's like, oh, when he shows his power, I've got something bigger I want to show. And what I do will eat up whatever little thing he's done. And y'all remember when the plague started happening? God would do something, then the magicians, what would they do? They They would imitate it, right? They'd make it happen too. But after a while, they go, oh, we can't do that. This is the hand of God. This is a lot bigger than what we can do. Let me just say this. In this hour, the lot of people of the world understand the power of the devil more than the people of God understand the power of God. But God's like, if people would just learn about the power of God and release that into the earth, watch how it's going to eat up all the power of Of the devil, you see, that's being shown everywhere. But we don't like supernatural things. We don't like this and that. In fact, when God begins to move, guess who comes against it most of the time? The old church people. Oh, we don't like that. You know why? Because he's not doing it through you. You feel bad, maybe, because, hey, God's working on somebody else. Makes me feel bad. I'm supposed to have that, too? Yes. I'm supposed to pray in tongues, too? Yes. Yes. I'm supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit too? Yes. Does that make you feel bad? Something's wrong with you. Sorry to say that. It, I was that way too. I'm telling you, I was that way too. And then God changed my life, and he changed my disposition. Now, when there's something I don't have, I don't go, mm, I don't have that, it must not be good. No, no, no. I'm like, I want it, and I'm going to get it because I have learned something. If God's got something in the earth and I want it, I can have it. He loves that. He says, well, i not give good gifts to my children. Ask and you'll receive. And then he, one of the verses where he says that thing, he goes, ask. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't like, just ask one time. No, whatever's of the Holy Spirit, things of the Holy Spirit, the power, the experience of knowing God, his presence. God's like, just ask, ask. Now, sometimes that asking, it's beyond just you know, like a little prayer at breakfast time or, you know, no, he means ask, really ask. Are y'all with me? I mean, God, I'm asking you for this. And sometimes you just don't stop until you get it. You know, the word, it says, ask and you shall receive. Literally, it says, asking, you shall receive. It's talking about asking, I'm asking. Some people say, I asked for it. No, well, did you stop? Well, you didn't do it right because the Bible says asking you will receive. You hold on. Hold on. All who ask, all asking receive. Don't ever let go. Praise God. Okay. Now, let me just mention a couple of other things here. Um, there, There are so many other ones. I'll just mention some. Simon the sorcerer. Acts 8, 9. What did he do? Astonished people with his sorceries. Not with fake. It's, it's his sorceries. That's what the Bible calls it. Okay? They heeded him because he astonished them for a long time. Elymas the sorcerer, resisted Paul in Acts thirteen eight, And this is another one that's so funny. Paul gets fed up again. You know, this is... This is another situation that's sort of funny. Paul gets fed up. He looks at this guy who's a sorcerer. He's trying to mess up everything. He knows something about the Jews because he's part Jewish. So he's interjecting. He's twisting. Oh, yeah, but this and this. Oh, yeah, but this and that. He's just, and Paul goes, you son of the devil. You say, oh, man, I can't believe Paul talked like that. You son of the devil. You full of man perverted, full of all wickedness. You're going to be blind for a while. And it says when he said that to the man, boom, he was blind right there. That's an amazing thing to me. That's spiritual warfare. Do you realize Paul did not give in to that man who was filled with a demon who was countering his arguments? Paul goes, that's a demon in that man. I'm going to come against this thing. And I'm just saying, hey, by the way, do not practice on this. if You, are, <laughs> you need to be making sure you're in the right spirit. We're not supposed to be going around commanding people to become blind. And he said you're going to be blind for a while. We're supposed to be giving people sight, not blindness, right? But it's just an amazing thing to me. I just want to get this picture of spiritual warfare in your mind and that you're not called to give up. You're not called to go, oh, he's got, you know, he just confused. No, you keep rising up until you learn how to break that thing. If it takes you a day or a week or a year or a decade, you don't give up, man. But anyway, let me finish that story. I mean, he goes, and he says, "You're gonna be blind for a while." Now, Paul's trying to lead this man to the Lord. He's telling him about God. And this guy's going, uh, 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 and then Elenus is going, yeah, but da-da-da-da-da. he's listening to this guy who's a sorcerer who he's been listening to for a long time. He knows that guy's got some kind of spiritual something going on in his life. So he gives him some kind of respect. He says, I know he's got something going on. I mean, I've seen him do some of this stuff. He's, he's definitely a spiritual man. And then there's Paul, and he's just going, that sounds right, but then he's saying this, and then then Paul does that. The man goes blind right there in front of this man. And the guy's going, oh, oh, and do you know what the man does? He goes, oh, I believe you. And he says, then he gave his life to the Lord. Let me tell you something. This world needs the body of Christ to rise up in faith, use their faith, resist the devil and all he's saying everywhere. He's speaking everywhere, and all the Christians are like, well, you know, I did my best. Let me tell you something. You need to rise up and speak and resist that devil. If he's in your workplace, you're there for a reason to expand the kingdom of God. Wherever you are, God's given you an assignment. If you're not in the right place, you need to get in the right place so you can carry some authority with you. But if you're where you're supposed to be, and if God hadn't moved you on from wherever you are, you're where you're supposed to be. And you know what you're called to do? Expand the kingdom. And you know what you've got to do to expand the kingdom? You have to push out the enemy. And they're empowered by spiritual forces. Amen? Man, what an amazing... I mean, you know what? Some people, and maybe you started out this way, like, oh man, this is sort of like, oh, this is fearful. I can't I can fight. By now, hopefully you're starting to get excited about fighting, right? Right Again, when I was playing football and I think, oh man, I, I, again, it's vanity, right? You just envision yourself making a good play or something. You start thinking, you know, like it just, man, I want you to start envisioning yourself expanding the kingdom of God and envision Jesus going, yes, that's what I wanted. I wanted my kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I wanted the expansion of my presence. I wanted the expansion of truth. Look at this. I mean, again, the woman, the, the woman with divination, she's got this thing going on. It's messing up the whole thing. Paul gets rid of it. The other guy, he's messing with this guy's mind. Paul speaks to it. Boom. Guy gets saved. Are y'all with me? You see, moving this stuff out of the way has a huge effect. Paul could have said, Oh, you know what? I preached the gospel. He just didn't hear. Uh, but he didn't say that. What did he say? What did what happened? I preached the gospel and I confronted that demonic thing right there in front of him. And guess what? Then he got saved. Why did he get saved? Uh, okay, yes, because he preached the gospel, but because he, he resisted that demon that was trying to hinder it. Do y'all see that? He didn't just preach it. He lived it. He cast that demon out of the way. You see, expand your way of understanding and you need to get into the word we have so many opinions about the word without getting into the details of the word and god's like i want you to get into the details you're not gonna you're just gonna be have your religious opinions if all you do is go around what you've heard forever you know what people think oh well god spoke this and then then, then." but god's ever been increasing ever increasing in the knowledge of god since the time of adam and eve They weren't born with the full knowledge of God. They were supposed to learn it, right? And there's a continual growth of knowledge. It's happened that way in in the whole world. And guess what? It happens with us individually. And I would just say this too. You're in danger if you're just trying to stay like this. That's impossible. Peter goes, either you're growing or you're in trouble. If you're not growing, that just means you're not pressing in. You're not giving effort to your face. And if you're not doing that, you're going like that, and you're in trouble. You see, we got to change our way. Man, I'm just excited about this because this is what's coming in this hour. It's coming in this generation. All these young people, and I just can't wait to see a whole house filled and then a building filled or whatever full of young people. They're going to go out They're going to be so radical. They're going to understand faith. They're going to understand that the kingdom of God is working. The principles of the kingdom are working right now in the earth. And all you have to do is understand them, take faith in what God said about that, walk that out and watch what God does. Amen. Anyway, there's so many little experiences of that. And I I guess what I wanted to get into just for your knowledge, because Christians do the most dumb things and get themselves in trouble. Um, stay away from these people. And at least what I mean is don't submit to what they're doing, right? Psychics, fortune tellers, fork benders. I've told you about the guy I know. He was in the uh, um, airport and somebody was over there bending a fork. You know, oh, psychic power. The guy got upset. He's like, no, he knows us, demons. And so he just... He just said, in Jesus' name, and he, he bound that thing, and the guy couldn't do it, and he said the guy, it's just a whole bunch of people fascinated with him, all around him, and he, he was standing in the back. He said when he couldn't do it, he just looked straight up at him. <laughs> but I just think that's so funny, you know. Anyway, I just had to include Let's to so stay away from fork benders. Okay, crystal ball readers, you know, palm readers, Witches, oh, witches, that's not real. Yes, they are real. You know what? We need not read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? People treat that as just like fun and games. No, they are real. That's one reason why I tell you I don't like to celebrate Halloween because all the stuff they're celebrating is like spiritualism. Anyway, obviously spiritual. Now, next week, I want to get into some other element here. See, we've been talking about one form of spirituality, right? And one form of demonic thing. It's very obvious. It's obvious. Well, some people today, they're so goofus. You know, they watch something. how do you do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's not as obvious to some people as it ought to be. Or some people think it's just some kind of special something. No, it's demonic. And it's, there's no good intention behind that. Right? But that's not the only way Demons work through people. Demons work through people and it looks quite natural. And that's by far the most common thing, right? And if we're not careful, they will even take advantage of us and can even get a place in us if we're not careful. So if you're not in a place where you're alert, I hope today has awakened you a little bit where you want to be alert unto God, full of faith, full of strength, ready to overcome obstacles and ready to rise up over anything the devil throws at you. Amen. Man, you're so victorious. I wish we could meet every day now. Man, I start to feel momentum in this hour. I mean, God's getting ready to do something amazing. How many of you want to be a part of that? How many of you want to be a part of an army where you're locking arms with others and you just find your place? You know, we don't have to get all stressed out about it. All we need to do is flow with God. God's got a place for everybody. He's got a place for your gift. He's got a place for you to function, for you to flow. It's going to be amazing. Amen. I want to pray that over everybody. Could you just stand? I just want to pray over everyone. Father, I just ask now in the name of Jesus for the power of God to touch every one of our minds. Lord, you know the battles. You know what the enemy's tried to plant, Father. And he's tried to come in, I know, in every single one of us to get us off course, to cause us to go in the wrong direction, to make bad decisions, to hang out with the wrong people. He's tried to use, whether it's been spiritual kind of people or just ungodly people, Uh, that that had had forces in them. Lord, he's tried to do whatever, but God, look at all these here today. And Lord, I want to thank you. God, it's by the grace of God and by the power of God. Lord, and I pray right now that the destiny of God would rest on every person in this room and that's listening to me. I pray, Father, that the power of God touch every single one, that every person in here, God, every person listening today would be compelled by the Holy Spirit to go in the right direction. Father, for those that have been sleeping, Lord, I pray that they're, they're, from this word and from other things that are coming, that there would be a divine shaking in this hour. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, wake up your people. Wake up lives here. And Father, we pray now, we would not just see ourselves as, oh, I'm a Christian. No, I'm a member of God's family. I'm part of the body of Christ and I am a part of the army and I am getting equipped. I am getting trained. I'm going to defeat every enemy that's in front of me. And I'm going to help other people learn how to fight. I'm going to help other people get free. Father, I pray right now, raise up an army. Raise up an army that doesn't do warfare fleshy, in, in the flesh, but uses the spiritual weapons of war. God, we ask you this now. Lord, empower us. Teach us to pray. Father, I pray right now there'd be a breakthrough this week. I want to encourage you. What's coming to my mind right now is, um, uh, you know, I, I believe if you'll get into the Word and ask God, God, show me truth. Show me truth. I believe God will show it to you. I believe God will reveal things to you. And and I, I want to ask you to dedicate some time to prayer this week, every day. And when you pray, say, God, teach me to pray. And then press into it. Learn how to pray. Learn how to just get away from just to. You know, whatever you're doing, being distracted, thinking, learn how to connect with God in prayer. And once you begin to connect, you're going to go, wow, wow, prayer is amazing. So, Lord, I just pray that pull us into prayer, pull us into your word and teach us. We are not giving up. We're all in different battles, but each of us this morning are saying we are not giving up. We are rising up because our faith is in you and not in us. We trust you, O oh God. Oh Lord, we are just amazed at the victory that's in front of us. Thank you now for that. Thank you that we're empowered to pray for the sick, to pray for the oppressed, and see them get set free. And God, we are not backing up until we see that happening all the time. In Jesus' name, amen.